Guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Pop Kitchen. We put these out on Fridays as a little piece of bonus content for you guys. Don't forget we post our full episodes on the Wednesday. Check them out if you haven't seen them. But George, today you're going to be talking about a film called Still. I am. On Apple TV Plus. Starring exactly. Michael J. Fox. Absolutely. So this is a film that came out one, two months ago. And it's called Still. And it is a documentary about Michael J. Fox. And I was very interested to see it because... Not only 90 minute runtime. Got it. Nice. But I was aware it had a huge amount of praise going into it. And I'm very interested in Michael J. Fox as a person as well. I think he's got a very interesting story. And I was interested to hear the Michael J. Fox story told by him in a sort of authorized documentary. And for people who don't know, the situation so, with Michael exactly. J. Fox is. So Michael J. Fox, as this documentary explains, was uh, an, uh, he's a Canadian actor who moved to the States and he stood out because he was a very small guy, he's five foot four, mm. and he moved to Hollywood and got a lot of roles in TV shows playing people who were younger than him. And he eventually got his big break working on a sitcom, a US sitcom called Family Ties, where he played the son. He wasn't even meant to be the main character, but he was an absolute hit with audiences and he really took off. And he was doing Family Ties, making big success. And then, as we all know, he came to be cast in Back to the Future. And that was his big break. However, in 1992, at the age of 29, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which is unbelie- unbelievable bad luck, but also just a very, uh, a new, a, a very, new st- a, a very novel uh, story to people who are usually associate Parkinson's with the being elderly. prevalent with the elderly and the old, which it is typically... Yes. But of course, it can happen. And it's like since younger. that time, our understanding has developed yeah. quite a lot. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously, that has affected his life and his career and his family. And he is now officially retired. He retired in 2021. And this documentary uh, picks up with Michael J. Fox in the present and also looks back at his career and tells that story. And this film does not have other people sat in rooms doing talking heads saying, oh, what I love about Michael is he does this thing. Mm. It's Michael J. Fox talking in front, talking to the camera, talking to the documentarian who you occasionally hear ask questions mm. about his life and, and his work. And the first thing is to say, Michael J. Fox has a really interesting story. And the reason I wanted to review it on the show is because not only, we don't do that many documentaries actually. No. So I want to talk about a documentary for a change. And also it's a bit of film history. So, Hearing Michael J-, Michael J. Fox talk about his career is really enlightening just to hear about how the industry works. And, and it's called Still because obviously there's the whole, uh, it's got the kind of play on the tremors that obviously affects yeah. and afflicts people with Parkinson's, but also it's kind of still going, still here, and finding stillness and meaningfulness in the moment. But he begins the film and says, but I don't think I ever kept still in my life. People talk about me having Parkinson's, but I don't think I ever kept still in my life. And it cuts and it shows what a restless energy was. And it goes through this story of him running through the film industry. It comes through his acting as well. When you yeah, totally. Him. And I think I mentioned this briefly when we were talking about Michael J. Fox before in a different episode, which is that in order for him to film, because when they, he made Family Ties and he did like Teen Wolf on the side. And of course they started filming Back to the Future. And as we know, they, they actually cast Eric Stoltz and they did about three months of shooting with Eric Stoltz and it didn't work. And they asked uh, Michael J. Fox to be in it. And the, the showrunner of Family Ties says, you can do it, but you can't miss a single hour of work on this show. So if you can fit it into your schedule, you can do it. And they scheduled the entire reshoot of this portion of Back to the Future around Michael J. Fox's schedule on Family Ties. And he runs through his schedule, it's insane. He would um, get woken up at like, I don't know, six o'clock in the morning, 
get a, uh, uh, no, whatever. He would, uh, someone would come to pick him up at 9.30, let's say, with uh, a driver would let, a driver would come pick him up, make him a cup of coffee, drive him to Family Ties, where he would do, he would work all day until six o'clock. At six o'clock, another driver would pick him up, drive him to the set of Back to the Future, where he would work until about three o'clock in the morning. A driver would then drive him back to his apartment, take, carry Michael J. Fox, because he'd fallen asleep in the van by this point, wow. into his bed, lock him up, and then three hours later, the other driver, the original driver, would come in, let himself in with the key, put a pot of coffee on, let Michael J. Fox get in the shower, take him back to Family Ties, and he did this endlessly. And he says they got to the point where he didn't even know what set he was on. He would confuse Family Ties with Back to the Future. Wow. Um, which is just really interesting. It's great to hear that. And also, a, a fair amount of the scenes in Back to the Future are at night. Exactly. Like a lot which of them, like obviously, the whole sequence with the clock and the lightning. Yeah. And also, like, when he first turns up at his mum's house. Exactly. And he's Calvin Klein. And, and also, I, don't, I wonder if that's because, well, this is now set at night because we've got it. Also, like, he doesn't know where he is, Marty McFly. Yeah. Which kind of works. Yeah, yes, so, Come on. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> uh, so... The first thing to say, as a documentary, as a piece of filmmaking, what I really liked about this is that it has a really playful use of archive footage and reenactment to tell this story. For example, the film opens and it's like, and it's, it's Michael J. Fox narrating this. He's almost narrating it like he's narrated his book. I think he's written a book at the same time. We see clips of him trying to, um, working with a speech therapist to dictate his audio book. Anyway, so it, it begins in 1992 with a shot of this hotel and you have this reenactment of this actor, meant to be Michael J. Fox, under the sheets. And then, like, he was like, I had a raging hangover. And then I woke up. And the actor then moves. Obviously, you don't see his face because it's a reenactment. And as he does that, it then cuts to one of Michael J. Fox's films where he's in bed with a hangover. And it cuts to a tight close-up of his face. And the way they intercut Michael J. Fox's... Um, back catalogue into telling the Michael J. Fox story is really fun and clever. So there's also this one where he talks about when he really blew up and went massively famous of him. He said, I walked up to this newsstand and I was on the front cover of all the magazines. And so they reenacted. They they reshoot a scene where the Michael J. Fox shot from behind walks up to um, a newsstand and he's all on there and and it looks like the 80s and everything. But then they cut to a shot from the front and it is Michael J. Fox taking his glasses off and looking at something, which is clearly from another film at another time, but it works seamlessly to tell the story. Yeah, so he was sort of lost between all of his different projects. Well, exactly. And, and you have so much, you realize, because also he was on so much many TV shows, you have so many hours of footage of Michael J. Fox that you can use to, to intercut. So that's really great. Um, what's also fantastic is that Michael J. Fox is really great company. He is so charming, so funny, and so uh, completely, he's one of those people who, you know, he's obviously carrying huge burden and carrying, carrying a huge amount of trauma but it's also so one of the most famous people i'd say who's suffering with parkinson's absolutely absolutely aside of yeah well yeah you know absolutely and also particularly because of his youth yeah. at the time and the way he is so graceful and effortless, effortless um you know and 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 noble in his his handling uh, of parkinson's is, is, is amazing there's a scene early on where he is walking with his physio and again he's like so quick he's almost too quick than he needs to be and he's walking through new york and like kind of him and he's and, and and he's really struggling. He's fighting. He's a real fighter. Obviously, you can see that he's got. He's had Parkinson's for like over thirty years now, and he's and 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 he walks past this woman who says good morning to me, and he turns around and says good morning, and then he trips and he falls. Mm. And this is a recurring thing throughout the film, which is like he's got to be really careful. He he, he you know, Parkinson's is very serious, obviously. But as he trips and falls, the woman turns around and goes, "Oh my god!" And then he just quick as a flash says, "You knocked me off my feet. You're amazing. You knocked me off my feet." And it's just so brilliant. Um, 
anyway, and like, like there's a bit where he's working with his physio and he like trips and he falls into a corner and they're like, you okay? And immediately he goes, no one puts Mikey in the corner. No one puts Mikey in the corner. Yeah. Um, what's also lovely is that, uh, sorry, what's also really interesting is uh, there's great tidbits about when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, again, 29, I believe be young, he soon, it, 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 it's about how it affected his career choices as well. And there was this whole idea that uh, not only he had sort of run-ins with like alcoholism, but it was like he took projects that were further and further away because he just wanted to disassociate with who he was because he really hated the fact that he had uh, uh, Parkinson's, Parkinson's. And his whole, this whole period of, life, of his life when he was hiding it and he was doing a TV series called uh, Spin City, and he's talking about it. You're seeing footage of it of how he was hiding his tremors and how he was hide. He was timing his medications so that he would tremor the least when he needed to use his hands the most. Mm. And he, they show this footage of how, if you notice, there's a period of about five years when Michael J. Fox is on screen. He will always have something in his hand that he's yeah. fiddling with, and he's doing that to hide the tremor. Um, but it's 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 really really heartfelt and and so enjoyable and so interesting and. That's it. You're, on the one hand, you're, you're balancing the warm nostalgia interest in the Michael J. Fox story as, as, a, as a movie star, but then you're also getting this really brilliant, heartfelt and heartbreaking story of how he suffered with Parkinson's. And he talks about, he's like, do you understand as an actor how hard it is? I, you know, I'm, I can't, how hard I have to work right now to talk to you, to move my face mm. in the right way. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And, and, and it, 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 it's really, it, it's just so charming and i i it's 90 minutes long it's on apple tv plus i really recommend people to watch it i was watching it and i was honestly like this is probably one of my favorite things i've watched this year yeah it really is kind of brilliant and 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 just just hits hits it so perfectly it's his story it's 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 his time and uh yeah it, it's lovely so if you're a fan of film history and you want to uh, see a you know, different side to an actor this is this is really great you describe that recreation matching up with yeah. the work that he was in it reminded me of uh, another great documentary which was jim and andy the great beyond right, that yeah. became like a framing for jim carrey's career and his entire life yeah. and if you're a jim carrey fan you watch that and go oh my god like this meant this to yeah, him yeah. and that philosophy from that thing is bled through and i think there's something definitely yeah there but that sounds like it's even more of an alignment of yeah it's, yeah that and there. it's really it's really fun that they'll be talking about like you know his uh uh there's a bit when they say like, oh, he says, oh, I was drinking with Woody Harrelson and maybe we got into one of our famous fights. And it cuts to like shots of Woody Harrelson in a movie, probably not in the same movie as Michael yeah. J. Fox, going to punch someone. And then it cuts with Michael J. Fox getting punched and falling oh, to the nice. floor. And I'm just like, that's just great. It just catches the mood and the, the temperament of this person. I remember so well. him turning up in an episode of Curb oh, as himself. And they show a clip from that. And, and it's brilliant. brilliant. And he, like, he's, he, I, that's I was a little bit longer, maybe sort of late noughties or early 2010s. I think it's 2011. Yeah. 2011. And he's, um, He's like, you know, that Larry David is joking around the fact that he has to be sensitive about the fact that he's got Parkinson's and yeah. Michael J. Fox. I think it takes someone who's pretty confident in their own skin and who they are to, uh, you know, basically like work, uh, love your tremors and like use yeah. that for like comedic effect and yes. have someone make fun of you. But that's it, and also yeah. like be great exactly in that comedic that, role. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah, and he said he was actually liberated because he was like, it's part of, it can be part of who I am now. And, and playing he, himself, he, he right? was Yeah, and he uh, also, he, was, he had a, uh, a recurring role in The Good Wife. Um, which right. and he had a very good character in that and people say oh you're Michael J Fox and his character obviously has Parkinson's yeah. but I love it in the, the Curb episode which they show a clip from it's so funny when it's like 
there's like a couple of occasions where like he couldn't you know he basically hands larry david a, there's there's some tension between him and larry david isn't there? yeah yeah and he hands larry david a soda and larry david opens it and it just fizzes all over him. So he goes what the hell did you shake that before you gave it to me and he goes it's a parkinson shake yeah, yeah. so good yeah. so dumb Such a so dumb but yeah brilliant um amazing so I, rec- I really, really recommend it. It's a really great That's documentary. Great. Um, and please check that out. That was still a Michael J. Fox story. Guys, if you by any chance have seen Still, or you go on to watch it, or you have seen it, please send us your thoughts to hello at podcastpodcast.com. We'd love to read it out either on the next bonus or just in the full episode. Guys, thank you very much. Guys, just before we go, we wanted to read out a couple of emails in this bonus section. As always, thank you so much for sending them in. If you wanted to send an email to the show, you can send us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your little reviews, your recommendations to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Just like Michael did. Michael writes into the show and says, Hi, gents. Aspiring friend of the show, Michael, checking in again. Hope you both are well. I'm well. I hope you are too, Michael. A friend of the show, you are, oh, Michael. No. Having recently caught up on the episode in which you spoke about reality, I wanted to get in touch on my th- yes. with my thoughts on it because I likewise thought it was fantastic. Guys, we reviewed reality yes. in the Across the Spider-Verse episode. So episode like 79, I think. He's a film going, we both liked. A film we both liked, which I think not a lot of people are talking about, which yeah. I think you should go and check out if you haven't already. Um, he goes on to say, I think instances like this, have, like these, really benefit from a commitment to authenticity as you manage to hit home how threatening and strange this scenario actually Mm. was without resorting to exaggeration george just in case no one knows what reality is very brief a film with sydney sweeney that came out a few weeks ago based on a um a true case of an fbi uh interrogation interview questioning house raid house raid of uh, a woman called reality winner and the whole film is verbatim the audio recording of that interrogation. So all the dialogue is exactly as it was taking place. And it's very much small, basically almost a three-hander between three actors. Lovely, just in case someone hadn't seen. Uh, It becomes a really searing indictment on a USA that often seems to value retribution more than truth. And it's achieved simply by presenting the facts that I like that. The whole thing has a really unsettling air to it. And I actually found the seemingly mundane interactions to be some of the most uncomfortable. Mm. The talks about groceries, the pets, and how much everyone could bench at the gym were oddly uncomfortable and all the male agents joking about winner's pink assault rifle yeah. one of them saying i knew it would be pink as they're asserting some kind of male dominance made for pretty uneasy viewing yeah I, the it's whole male invasion of the female space the way that they play that we talked about like them like really overcompensating for how aware they were that yeah. they were invading but also like they very much had a job to do yeah yeah he goes on to say i actually found the line played during the clips of news footage at the end spoilers where well this is a big spoiler because the whole point of reality what's great about this, the film is that if you don't know the, the story but we will read michael's email but this is a flag Spo- spoiler for reality this is a spoiler for reality where winner says on the phone to her sister that she's quote struggling to make her, herself feel bad for what she did or words to that effect to be fascinating winner believed she was doing right by her country honoring the oath she took as a former mm. member of the military to protect the u.s population but she was made an example of with the heaviest punishment of its kind and all while those higher up in the food chain can get away with similar Similar or worse, without so much as a slap on the wrist. Brackets, let's just say it'll be interesting to see what comes of the investigation into Mr. Trump. I thought it was absolutely gripping, a scary reminder of what can happen to the little guys who challenge authority. Highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. I thought that was a really great summary of the yeah, thing we, I think we wanted to talk, touch on all of its wonderful implications that it never 
spelled out to you. Yes. But you could let your mind do all of that really amazing yeah. work. And I think, Michael, you've really wonderfully articulated the, the kind of thoughts it gets in your head yeah. when it when it rolls credits. Um, there's my two cents on the matter. Anyway, also wanted to add that I experienced something very similar to George and that I also watched The Shining way too young. Ah. I think I was 11 or 12 and I got to the moment where the woman from the bath is oh, walking yeah. towards the camera and just the atmosphere of it all unnerved me so much that I had to switch it off. To this day, it remains the only film I've ever been so unsettled by that I had to stop watching and I must rather ashamedly confess I never went back to it. Oh, so really? it remains a blind spot of mine to this day. Hope you lads have a good week and manage to keep cool in the London heat. All the best. Michael. Thank you, Michael. That scene, it's like, it's the stillness of it. I think I need, I just about remember it, but I need to rewatch it. But yeah, it's, it's it, like a sleep it's, paralysis. It's, it's, the whole like, film is so oppressive. Oh, and, and, and you're right, the sleep paralysis and the tone. Um, and there's a flatness to like its architecture and the room design. Yeah. It just feels, it's like liminal it's so, space. It's so centrally framed. It captures that, um, I'm so scared, I'm, I'm completely petrified, I can't move. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. By the way, just talking about this. When I, 10 years ago, whenever I used to read Empire Online, they used to do this thing of like, um, they'd get people to write in with them or make fake posters for movies that didn't exist, right? Oh, yeah. And they'd give them a theme. And one of them was like um, Wes Anderson uh, style versions of other films. So you get lots of posters of like films in the Wes Anderson style. And someone did this pun on, on a film which I thought was really great, which is um, Who Centrally Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Very good. Always very, very good. Uh, anyway, uh, and this email is from Jordan, who says, Hey, James and George. His email is titled, Spooky Goodness. Oh. Quick thank you for reading out my last email. It genuinely made my day. Jordan, you're welcome. I believe Jordan is a friend of the show. Yes, friend of the show, Jordan. You guys simply do not get enough emails about horror films, and that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Well, we did just have an email about The Shining, but regardless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here I am, taking matters into my own hands and hopefully starting a good horror discussion. As you are both fans of the film Barbarian, mm. we are, big highlight last year, yeah. I thought I'd send in some thoughts on a new film I watched recently that left me with the same kind of feeling. The film was released this year under the name Malum, M-A-L-U-M. I've heard about this. It is a remake of a horror film called The Last Shift, released in 2014, that had really good reviews for a low-budget film. I thought the film was absolutely terrifying. It, had, it held no punches and fully committed to its well-thought-out scares and incredibly creepy horror visuals and demonic creatures. Just quickly... That's um, what the poster looks like, and I remember seeing it. It oh looks horrifying. The, the monster looks horrifying. Oh that is all. Although I feel like if you've Googled that, maybe that's meant to be a reveal later on in the movie. Uh, I think it's the poster. Malum's I'd love to put that on a thumbnail. <laughs> Let me just read. <laughs> a rookie police officer takes the last shift at a newly decommissioned police station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I might watch But this, I must say, know. it's got a very odd, disconcerting 5.2 on IMDb. Yeah, yeah, ratings, schmatings. No, I know ratings, schmatings, but like that's quite normally things just like average out at like six. But yeah, true, true, true. Anyway, back to Malum and Jordan's email. This film is by no means Oscar worthy, but the impressive cinematography and directing created an atmosphere that kept me uncomfortable yet transfixed throughout, much like Barbarian did. Yeah, I mean, the atmosphere in Barbarian yeah. is brilliant. Whereas Barbarian was a more unique concept and is definitely better, Malum also took a far fetched storyline about demonic presence and made it very feel eerily real i'm especially when every horror film is a demonic presence film you gotta really yeah. stand out i'm a massive in capitals horror fan and nice. don't scare easily but i found myself thinking about the film's symbolisms and meanings for days afterwards and mm -hmm. was genuinely a bit scared to be alone at night i love that yes when you just feel a little bit uncomfortable i found myself running back from the bathroom when going up to pee in the middle of the night much like yep. i did when i was nine lol in addition to the horror vibes in this film being terror uh, being absolutely spot on it had really good gore um blah 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 blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, just these are spoilers, so I'm just skipping over that. Not saying blood because it's boring. In addition to the Malum film recommendation, if you've already not seen it, my question to you guys is this. What's the most inventive and memorable gore slash death you guys can recall from a film? I strongly believe this makes or breaks a horror sometimes. A recent example is the film Renfield, which James, you didn't like, but no. I thought the, the gore was comedic yet creative, fitting the tone of the film perfectly. Do, do you guys have any standouts? Thank you both for providing us with the best film and tea discussions with such an amazing podcast. Thank you. Much love, Jordan, Cardiff, South Wales. P.S. One last question, because at this point, me and my partner feel like we've seen every good horror film in existence. If you guys have any good under-the-radar horror recommendations that deserves more recognition, then please let us know. Jordan, you sound like you're way ahead of, ahead of us, but I'd probably say, you know, obviously, it follows and all that stuff. Oh, and you finish off by saying, sent from the shadow realm or some other spooky-sounding place. Good to have you in on the joke. Um, in terms of good deaths or gore, I only have one. I have a recent example, and I didn't mention this in the main pod because I didn't want to spoil it, but I'm going to say it now because the film's been out for a few months. So in Evil Dead Rise, I remember in my review, I said there's one bit with a kitchen utensil that really got me on edge, and that's a bit where she, they're fighting a possessed person in a kitchen, and the 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 demon... I believe grabs a cheese grater oh. and runs it across someone's leg. And oh. I, I, yeah, literally, and I was there and I went, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly that. Horrible. I like in Hot Fuzz when the steeple of the church oh, yes. goes and he looks up and it goes, oh, Adam Buxton. And just straight through yeah. his body. And he sort of stands there for a bit. In with the, the a comedy in. film, which like is, has slasher tropes in it, yeah. that is a really fucking violent death. And then some music. Sorry, someone's music. playing Shardy on the way and Another one I would say, which I think you never forget, is which we take for granted now because of how many alien films there are. Which is the what? It's someone blasting the smooth operator yeah. outside. Smooth just operator. doing a James in Alien. You said which has been done now so many times, but never forget the first one where oh, the the, 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 you think they're absolutely fine, yeah. just walking, talking around. It's um, what's his face. John Hurt. John Hurt. Just think, oh, he's fine. Yeah. The thing, it's gone. The movie's over. The movie's over. At least they're having breakfast with everyone. Yeah. They're all smoking. <gasps> yeah. Out, out the chest. Uh, I also, the thing. The thing, yes. I mean, when the dog's face first, that's when you're oh like, oh my God. Every time, because you're like, oh, this dog's a bit strange. And then the dog's like, <laughs> and you're like, Jesus, what the fuck? Because <laughs> Bill's already like quiet and slow. And then yeah. it's like, hello, Bill, I'm yeah, here. <laughs> and the dog's just been staring into space. Then it's yeah. like, does the horrible like shudder and then its face just like rips like oh my god terrible but yeah the thought of the, the thing is uh, yeah and and beyond well yeah. guys thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode we really hope you enjoyed it and as always if you wanted to send us an email you can do by writing into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and don't forget we post new episodes of the show our full numbered episodes every, every single, single Wednesday guys thank you so much and just forget uh, just forget. Don't just forget. forget. Just remember, please continue to like and subscribe and follow and rate and do all the wonderful things yes. to support our show. We really appreciate it. See you in the main episode next week.